Hello, sweet sisters, and welcome to Cosmic Conceptions, a place where we acknowledge that women are of nature and the stars. My name is Athena, and I'll be your guide as we explore esoteric transmissions on fertility astrology, conscious conceptions, women's health, and more. Here we will not shy away from the radical, the controversial, or the spiritual. So grab your tea, and let's get cosmic. Welcome to episode 13 of Cosmic Conceptions, Lucky 13. Very excited to be chatting with you today. We're going to be talking about something that's very personal to me, but before we get into it, I want to thank Jen, Hannah, and Brittany for becoming paying supporters of the show. If that is something that you are also interested in doing, you can check out the link in the show notes to subscribe. Paying supporters get access to all the podcast bonus material, as well as monthly Ask Me Anythings and the Cosmic Consent. Diaries, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So about a month ago, I had the idea to create this offering for you through my Substack. It's sort of a column, if you will, called the Cosmic Conception Diaries. And what these diaries are, are essentially recordings and shares of my own personal experience as I navigate my cosmic conception journey. I have technically been on a sort of conscious conception journey since about 2021. And let me tell you, it has not looked the way that I thought it would look. Big surprise. (laughs) I think that should be the theme of this show. (laughs) Nothing ever looks the way that you think it's going to look. So my intention in sharing my process with you is not only so that you can sort of have something to relate to, of course, but also just to model and, you know, use my experiences as opportunities to model how we can choose to navigate difficulties, disappointments, uh, our body's healing expressions, spiritual lessons, all of the things. So in order to give you a little taste of what I'm writing about in the Cosmic Conception Diaries, I'm going to be reading to you all the free previews for entries one through five. And maybe if I'm feeling a little bit spicy, I'll I'll add in my own personal extra uh, thoughts that, of course, are not written into the diaries, but will be exclusive to this recording. And if you're interested in reading the full entries or reading the entries that are going to be coming up this fall, of course, you can access those by becoming a paying supporter of the show for $11 a month. I'm really excited for some of the content that we have coming up through the diaries. There is also going to be, I think, by the end of October, a big discussion about preconception nourishment, um, which was going to be a diary entry, but I feel like it's too important and relevant. And so what I will probably do is have a whole podcast episode devoted specifically to preconception nourishment. Uh, And I promise you it will not include any foods 
diets. I will not say a food once in the whole show. I promise you. (laughs) I will not tell you to eat anything once in the whole show. So it's going to be a much bigger conversation about nourishment than just what I think that you should be eating, which of course I have no opinions about that because I don't know who you are. So there's going to be a lot of discussions about that and that is going to bleed into the private diary entries that are more specific to what I am doing to create more nourishment preconception and all of the changes that I will be making in my lifestyle um, as I am in a season of sort of confronting my own healing. Uh, And that is going to be uh, part six of the diaries, which will come out next week. So if you listen to all these previews and you're interested in what happens next, just tap the link, subscribe. Uh, If you subscribe monthly, you can unsubscribe at any time. It's totally fine. Um, But I do hope that you find the material valuable. And I am hoping that once we get enough subscribers on the Substack that are paying, that we can start organizing some virtual uh, circles, some Zoom circles. I would really love to sit face-to-face with some of you And that's something that I definitely want to expand into as we grow uh, our community in size. Okay, so enough chitty chat. Let's get into the entries. Part one, no money, no home, no baby. It was two years ago when I first announced that I wanted another baby We were living in Montreal at the time, a 2020 impulse that initiated a multidimensional, expansive dismantling for the following three years. And with Fauna approaching her second solar return, it seemed like the next logical thing to plan for. As usual, my over-analytical brain, hello Gemini Moon, was running the show. I made the decision through calculations instead of my heart and more than anything based on my subconscious belief that having children two to three years apart was not only ideal but desirable. I'm beginning a conscious conception journey, I announced to some friends over Zoom. Honesty moment, I had no idea what having a conscious conception even truly meant. Cringe. For weeks and then months after my big declaration, nothing in my lifestyle, diet, spiritual path, or partnership appeared to change. Then my family began preparing for a move back to the U.S. for an opportunity so obviously riddled with red flags, why wouldn't I choose it? I was dissociated and living in a pipe dream that involved moving to an idyllic, intentional community where sisterhood, abundance, and babies would flow. More cringe. I let my conscious conception fall to the bottom of our priorities and waited for my golden moment of opportunity. Soon after our arrival to the aforementioned paradise, it became undeniably evident that we'd accidentally joined a fucking cult and had to leave. With nowhere to go, we frantically searched for another landing pad. Somewhere. Anywhere. But nothing came through. Money dried up. Time ran out. We finally made the decision to move in with family, my partner Alex's parents, and found ourselves in northern New Jersey by August of 2022. No money, no home, no baby. Just a case of metaphorical whiplash and a pair of feet blackened by the coals of my firewalk. An initiation that I never would have asked for, but I'm forever grateful to have received. 
The next year really began to shape my understanding of what it means to be in the void of preconception. Now, technically three years into this process and counting, my dream of facilitating a conscious conception has truly unfolded into a cosmic conception journey that's required more of me than I ever anticipated. Part two, trying to conceive at your in-laws. When we ended up at Alex's parents' house exactly one year ago this month, I couldn't believe what had become of my life. It was the exact opposite of everything I had ever wanted for myself. I note a diary entry from October 5th, 2022 that says, It feels suffocating just to be alive. I hate what has become of my life. We shuffle from one struggle to another and everything feels difficult. I used to describe my life as purely extraordinary. Now it feels like nothing of the sort. I allowed myself to become deeply overwhelmed by the circumstances. Not only was I processing the trauma of being publicly humiliated and exiled from community by a sister I thought I could trust, I was still swirling through my own initiation into my dharma and an aligned expression of my life's purpose, all while settling into the basement level of my in-laws, whose devotion to government authority, allopathic medicine, and corporate propaganda is disturbing to say the least. Despite it all, I reaffirmed my commitment to a conscious conception and told Alex that I wanted to begin where most couples do, nourishment. Of course, nourishment can only do so much when the rules of digestion are being broken on a daily basis and the emotional body is running its own program of anti-healing. For the first few months in our new home, my mind was keeping tabs on everything within it that was going to kill me. The aluminum cooking pans, the caustic cleaning chemicals, the LED lights, the petrochemical soaps, the glyphosate-soaked food, the smart meter, even the mere presence of a cabinet full of pharmaceutical drugs permeating the energy of the sacred kitchen with their horrible frequencies. It felt like everything was out to get me and I had no control over any of it. I spent many months clutching the vibrations of my own complaints, persecutions, victimhood, and self-righteousness. Meanwhile, my subconscious realm and insidious story began to weave itself into my psyche. I can't heal here. It was a belief that accompanied deeply hopeless thoughts that communicated to my body on a daily basis that I wasn't choosing life, that I didn't want to be here, and therefore, in some ways, that I didn't want to be alive. This is a dangerous precedent to set for the body. Eventually, I began to openly acknowledge these beliefs, but I was still committed to dancing. Part 3. Do babies really bring abundance? Somewhere along the way of my pregnancy with Fauna was when I first heard the phrase, babies bring abundance. At the time, I was still hustling in my advertising gig, making more money than I had in my entire career, and was only vaguely nervous about what would happen when it all came to an end. I was in an admittedly privileged position and hadn't truly felt the sting of financial poverty in a long time. I was convinced that those days were behind me, left to drift off into the memories of my parents' karma. Sure, babies bring abundance. They're a whole new bundle of joy straight from source energy, here to bring partners closer together, make families bigger, and inspire us to be better humans, right? Well, my current preconception is quite different from Fauna's, and it has me wondering what good this notion does for women who are contemplating the expansion of their families. So we've already listened to part one of this little adventure, which means you're pretty much caught up on where we're at. 
Think two New York City creatives going rogue and using their 30K savings to run away to Canada. You know, instead of like buying a house or something during the panic of 2020 before moving to a faux intentional community pretty much with their credit cards. I don't know, they were desperate for a solution and ultimately ending up back in their parents' house like a couple of lost souls. A few months after that last move, Alex's mom caught wind of our desires to grow our family and said to him one night, I can't make you do anything, but I don't think you should have a baby here. A dream I didn't even know I had was shattered. The dream in which we don't let our material path alter our family path and I give birth in front of the fireplace in the basement while his mother witnesses me. Hilarious, because she can't even witness a fever without calling 911 and is almost irrationally afraid of fire. Ironically, on my side of the family, my eager mother said to my every concern, Oh, who cares? Just have a baby. Echoing the decisions of her own child-rearing years within an abusive marriage during multiple periods of financial collapse. Ultimately, our plan to begin trying to conceive in the spring of 2023 evaporated as we realized what a strain it would be on my prenatal health if a child were to come through here. Not to mention a massive risk if we didn't meet our financial goals to move out in time for the birth. You guys, I was so done with taking financial risks at this point. I think you can only imagine. We decided to do the responsible thing and postpone our timeline, entering into a preconception void with no end in sight. Now, I know this kind of Saturn-esque talk sounds quite boring, not to mention contradictory to all the social media energy around money these days. You're probably thinking something along the lines of, Athena, just get in alignment with your manifestations and everything will unfold as you want it to. Or maybe, Athena, you just need to unlock the money codes and embrace a new paradigm for yourself. Or maybe even, Athena, you're just playing into your limiting beliefs. Okay, let me tell you something. You might be right, and you're also full of shit. So let's unpack that. Part four, letting go of tandem nursing. Getting unexpectedly pregnant with Fauna at 28 years old spilled my awareness into a whole new realm of women's health. In researching the topics of natural birth and parenting, it was the first time I was able to provide context for why my early childhood seemed to be missing something, and why the way our culture was doing parenting didn't seem to be working for people. It was when I became aware that contemporary accoutrements like nurseries, cribs, electric baby rockers, plastic playmats, infant gadgets, and on and on didn't come close to fulfilling the true needs of the mother baby in postpartum and beyond. One of my obsessions specifically centered around the importance of breastfeeding. I was fed the way my mother was taught to feed me. Breastfeed until six months of age, then wean onto solids with the help of synthetic formula. At that time, six months at the breast was all babies needed, and that was that. But as I read more and more about the magic of breast milk and the ways of our ancestors, it became evident that there was another way to do it. Even the WHO recommends breastfeeding until two years of age, didn't you know? I would tell anyone and everyone who literally did not care at all. I knew very early on that I would commit to breastfeeding my child, but it wasn't until after she was born that I believed I would also commit to breastfeeding my children. 
The hashtag Tandem Nursing on Instagram has over 38,000 posts, most of smiling mamas with multiple children attached to their bodies. They're superheroes, I thought, and I wanted to be one of them. But as the years passed since Fauna's birth, she's four and a half now, my dream of tandem nursing started to fade, and I wondered if I was going to make it. The last year or so of breastfeeding my toddler was rough. I found myself resenting nursing more and more rather than loving the connection and the medicine it provided us. I spent the last six months actively complaining and vowing that it was going to end quote unquote soon. I secretly kept hoping that Fauna would take the lead and wean herself since child led weaning was also something that I had pedestaled for my breastfeeding visions. Now, if you know me at all, you know I'm not one for complaining and wallowing, not for too long at least. I fully accept responsibility for my experiences, and so after a certain point, it was time to self-reflect. I realized that my commitment to suffering and breastfeeding was rooted in the validation that my ego so desperately wanted from both child-led weeding and tandem nursing, like a badge I'd be able to wear that proves once and for all what a good mother I am. And that it was also a little bit of a fuck you to the status quo. And that perhaps in some ways I was simply trying to repair what I always needed from my mother but didn't receive. Ah, deep breath. I won't read you the remainder of the article which is behind the paywall. But of course, if you are interested in being expanded into how you can facilitate a ceremony for the completion of your breastfeeding journey, when you know the time will be right for you, then of course you can access my thoughts on that there, as well as see the full video of my weaning ceremony with Fauna. Part 5. Touched out and underfucked. It was the month of May and my family was packing up to house sit for two weeks in the Catskill Mountains, an opportunity that offered spaciousness and creative potential beyond our struggles in the basement level of my in-laws. With every bag, crate, and suitcase stuffed for our trip, visions of the perfect getaway danced their way through my mind, promising the birth of the Cosmic Conceptions podcast and all that would follow it. But even more than that, a promise of sexual revolution within my partnership. Just a few months prior, I had ended my breastfeeding relationship with Fauna, and after nearly four years of baby-wearing, co-sleeping, and on-demand breastfeeding, I had become the archetype that I'd only heard whispers about but hadn't fully grasped, the touched-out and underfucked woman. Not only had the intimacy evaporated from our relationship, but money continued to be a point of tension and struggle as well. Instead of being in an easeful exchange with energy and abundance, we were clearly committed to trudging dutifully through the mud in allegiance to our own suffering. I knew that we were suspended somewhere within the axiom of love and money, the co-connected themes that trigger a primal desire for safety and security, and that in order to aspire a change in either department, our consciousness around the two would need to rise in a mutual fashion. And let me tell you, I was ready to be cracked open, reclaimed, shattered, enlightened, and put back together again. And it was all going to unfold through spontaneous, passionate, earth-shattering sex, straight out of thin air, I tell ya. Of course, what actually happened was a massive bottoming out 
and a radical shift in awareness that nonetheless cracked me open, reclaimed me, shattered me, enlightened me, and put me back together again. Assigning words to the details of what unfolded in that little cabin in the mountains is no easy task. It was vulnerable, personal, touched by the fingertips of shame. It pulsed through my daughter who moved through a massive healing expression just a day or two after the height of our conflict, which anchored me to the couch for almost a week. Podcast be damned. The sacral power of creation that blossoms innately from within lay like a dormant seed in the womb. I grieved everything that I believed my relationship could never be and deeply explored the version of myself that would choose single motherhood over whatever this was. But then the repair and the reveals and the meeting again of two souls who just wanted to be together in wholeness in spite of it all. The remainder of the article sort of explores some root cause dynamics that I personally have experienced to be at play when it comes to not only the more surface level dysfunction uh, within women and within men and also between women and men, uh, but of course also the dysfunction that we see in our culture surrounding sex and sexuality. And this is a subject that has become extremely important to me and I think is especially important in preconception when we are looking at the energy portal through which we are calling a spirit into. And we are, we meaning my partner and I are certainly in it. We have done a lot of healing But of course, it continues. And I think when we feel like we're a little bit on the other side, we will certainly come together and have a podcast conversation about what that has looked like for us and hopefully model what it can look like for you. All right, we did it. All five entries. Next week, uh, part six is going to come out. Part six is about facing my healing. And I'm going to be revealing some of the personal expressions that I am navigating and that I plan on finding a resolution to during this preconception period, which will also expand into a public conversation about preconception nourishment, uh, specifically focusing on doing so uh, on a budget and off of a diet. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, as soon as I feel like we have enough subscribers in the community. I plan to start hosting free or rather included in your subscription community Zoom calls so I can see your faces and we can share about our journeys and maybe focus group some more specific topics through these in-person discussions as well. So if you're enjoying this content, if you're on a cosmic conception journey, if you want to know all of the intimate details to my saga and how I am finding solutions for 
all of these challenges because all of my entries do end with solutions, then please consider checking out the show notes and hitting subscribe to upgrade to a paid subscription so you can have access to not only the diaries, but the monthly Ask Me Anythings and all the podcast bonus material, as well as these upcoming live Zoom circles. All right, until next time. Mm -hmm.